Oh, and they know that if they don't get away, they're going to go in deeper. They know it. They feel it. They know they're getting in too deep. Yeah, and then once once you go from once you go from snorting it. And then you go from snorting it to smoking it. And then you go from smoking it to booty bumping. And then somebody puts a needle in your arm and shoots you up. And then you get that fucking euphoric feeling. And then you get that. It feels like that you. It Literally, it feels like somebody is taking one water and pouring over the mid. Taking it and reaching above your head and pouring it in the middle, in the center of your head. And it's not what it's the. It's not water being poured on you. It's it's the inside feeling. You can feel it from the from yeah. the crown of your head, all the way down to the soles of your feet. Well, see, and every time that I had, every time I got that feeling that I had to go, it's but the people that I was around, they wasn't smoking it, honey. Yeah, I was probably you know they was, but they was shooting it. They was doing all that, so. I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at me, and I'm like, "This is, this is, this is." Um, where That's I, this a whole nother level. Yeah. This is where I'm headed. Where do I go from here? I got to get away. Well, the thing is, once you shoot it up, once you actually shoot it up, or somebody shoots you up, you could be in control of your shit. You could have all your shit together. You could be a functional addict at that point. Still have your shit together. Still go to work. Don't call out. Still be able to function. Yeah, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to feel like shit because that's just how it makes you feel when you're coming down. It's either you're going to continue to stay high or you're going to deal with the crash yeah. and well, then you're going to get depressed. I mean, even even no matter how you do it, I will tell you that I never did that. But every time you have to make that conscious decision when you're coming down and you're feeling like shit and you've been out, you've been up for days and that's taking a toll on your body and then, you know, you don't have that get her done. It, you know, you don't have that that little um, that little help. Um, like because there was like you probably didn't well you did but you I never confessed to you that that's what you were seeing. Yeah. But I mean always have to make that conscious decision do I keep doing it because I feel like shit and well you I remember that time we were we were at at work and I had shot up I, I mean at that point you didn't know but it, it changes your mood it makes you a it takes you from being a rational person to a dysfunctional angry person so I had oh, already yeah. shot up and then I was coming down I was I was up for a day. I was coming down off my high, and then I'm going to work, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to function after shooting it up, and then I go to work and I see the pics, the people that don't want to work, and then you got somebody that's afraid that everybody's talking behind her back, but it's not the people that's talking behind your back that you go. It's the people that you're going to saying stuff to. Uh, do you got my back? Do you got my back? It's to open your fucking eyes and see the fucking people that's standing over there that ain't doing shit. It's the ones that's talking behind your fucking back and trying to get your fucking job. Yeah. The ones that's talking about you. But then the the people, the two people that you're coming to, that is giving you their undivided attention, is giving you 
the best advice and basically just fucking telling you right to your face that it's the people that's fucking that that that's your favorites is the one that's doing the bullshit. But then you continue to do it. So you remember how I got fucking pissed the fuck off? Yeah. Yeah. That's part of being that's part of the shooting up world. And I knew I had a problem at that point and I was like but I was trying to be a functional at it, but I still wanted that feeling. I wanted that feeling. That feeling is like no other feeling I've ever felt off the any kind of drug that I've ever done. From, and and I love taking ecstasy. I love doing ecstasy when I was younger, and that fucking topped ecstasy. So it was like fuck, like fuck. But then in me being a responsible person and having my shit together and working hard for everything that I've got and having really nice stuff to go into like <laughs> losing a car, losing my house, fucking lo- just losing fucking control of my of my life, the, my whole entire fucking life. But then I still was chasing after that feeling. And and I knew I'm not a crackhead. I've never smoked crack. But I but I know that that's why people are addicted to crack when they start smoking crack because Crack only, for what I've been told, crack only keeps you high for five minutes. And then you're out getting another crack rock so you can get high again to get that same feeling. But that's not with shooting up meth. Shooting up fucking meth is you're going to get that same fucking feeling the first time that you had it. And you're going to feel that the next time that you do it. That's just like when you do when, when you would do ecstasy. Every time you did ecstasy and you got a good you got a good plug or you got a good drug dealer and you know that you're getting that pill and you know exactly okay. how you're gonna feel when you take that pill. That's the same fucking way that meth does to you. And then you think you got you think you are in control. You actually think somewhere in your fucked up mind. And you see all this fucking shit that's dissipating. It's it's disappearing. And you losing everything you worked hard for. But then you still like fucking chasing that fucking high. Because you you know when the minute that you put that needle in your arm and the minute it shot up in your blood system that, that you're gonna get that same fucking high from the very first time that you've done it. And I should have known better to even do it the second time. I mean, didn't I tell you the story about he fucking shot me up with fucking 80, a point 80, and I lost my fucking sight. It couldn't have, yep. my sight was gone for fucking five minutes. Freaked me the fuck out, put me into a fucking panic attack. It made him panic. And then I'm sitting here throwing up every fucking word. He came and see to even get out the fucking door. That right there should have been an awakening for me, but it wasn't. So, I mean, by the grace of God, I had you in my corner, but it, it tears me up. It's not tearing me up because because I'm ashamed of it with you because I could come to you about anything and everything. It's because I know that you had my back, and I know that you, no matter what, you were going to try to, if once I came clean with you, completely clean with you, you was going to do everything that you could do to try to help me. Of course. And I appreciate that. I mean, no one's ever done that for me. I mean, I was upset because I couldn't help you more than what I help you. And I was upset because the place I took you to that was supposed to be a safe haven turned into another place that you 
had to worry about running from. Yeah, and I thank you so much for doing that. And then I thank you so much for, because I mean, when Sh- when Shannon and fucking Ricky was at the house and the fucking, I mean, it's just right there in my fucking face. Like, fuck. And I just started jonesing. Just started jonesing. And it was like, let me just go get in this fucking room. Let me get in this fucking room. I can't do this. Let me get in this fucking room. And then it goes to that. It goes, and then you you get pissed the fuck off and tell Jackie to fuck off. Like, you know, no, you can't do this. No, this is not going to happen. And then you are my lifesaver. Because if I didn't have you, woo, mama loves me. I know that. Mama does a lot for me. I know that. I'd done a lot for Mama when I had my shit together. Mama could come to me and ask me for anything and everything, and I would give it to Mama when I had my shit together. So, but but Mama mama, don't know. Perfect. There's times in my life that, I mean, I may not never have shot up, but there's times in my life that I can sit back right now and I can think if it wouldn't have been for somebody what the fuck would I have done? Yeah. I mean, Shannon tells everybody about the time that we was all supposed to move to Texas and it wound up being me and, me and her brother that went. Her brother was strung out, left me in a hotel room in Texas. I mean, they were beating on, they were literally beating on the door to throw our shit out. I had sold everything and quit my job, went to Texas just to go stay in a hotel room for a month. When somebody strung out when they was beating on the door want money and I had given him all the money I had. I mean, and I had to call somebody that I barely even knew to get a bus ticket to come back home. Then they let me stay at their house till I figured out what the fuck I was going to do. If it wouldn't have been for them, God knows what would have happened. Yeah. I mean, I literally would have been walking the fucking streets in San Antonio, Texas. Because I would not have called my daddy. And then, you know, we're all, and this is, and I I tell everybody this, we we are all a couple of decisions away, a couple of different decisions away from a completely different life. And I mean that. And an addict is an addict is an addict. I don't care what you're addicted to. We're all addicted to something. Yeah. You know, we're not all addicted to something that's going to make us uh, lose everything we have. Yeah. But we're all addicted to something. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, there's very few people in the world that are not addicted to absolutely nothing. It may be something legal. It may be something illegal. You know, and on top of fighting a meth addiction, I fought a gambling addiction. My gambling addiction was a thousand times harder than my meth addiction. Yeah. And when I came and lived with you... That's how I fought my gambling addiction. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, but that's what, that's what I was telling you about Kiki and, uh, and, uh, what's his face? I lost his name. Um, that's what, the people that honestly want, that will do things for your best interest with no, underlying agenda with nothing to gain that those people those people are the people you want in your life those are the people that are so few and so far between 
they almost are non-existent. Yeah. And that's the people you make your men's with them. Yeah. Whatever. Y'all may fight. Y'all may fuss. Y'all may cuss. But then you get over it. You make your men's. Well, and that person wants the best. They have best intentions for you. It's their, right. it's their best intentions. They have a love for you. Or they see something good within you that they want. They have, they have your best intentions for the good. And then you have people like Shannon that shoot. Shannon, I, I mean, Shannon never would want you to shoot up. But Shannon would want you around to use you for money. Or I don't know if you ever bought meth for Shannon. But if Shannon didn't have if Shannon didn't have it, she knows that she can get money from you to get it. And if she's keeping you high, it's keeping her high. Well, and maybe I didn't directly put money in her hand and say, buy you some air. But if I was around, she didn't have to buy anything else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was her ride to go get it. Yeah. I was uh, her way, you know, uh, you know, she could use the money that she was getting to get her own meth, but um, she could use my money for everything else. But when it comes to the bottom line, if you need a place to live, she don't have a place to live. No. Her intentions is to be hard to use you. Her I believe that Shannon. I believe me. Shannon cares about you as a friend, but Shannon gets so lost up in her addiction that she don't. She but don't know how. Shannon don't have the flight or fight syndrome. Well, she so and I, she don't know how to. She's, she's never had. That's been her life as long as I can remember. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Like, she's never went out and worked and paid her way, bought her things. That's the only, the life that Shannon lives is the only life that she has ever lived. And that's like Annette. You know you know about Annette, the one that it, that yeah. started doing crack when she was 14 years old, my cousin. And every, she's unbin, she's unburned so many bridges in the family. And then you got Mama. She comes to mama, and mama is a good person. And mama would do anything and everything for somebody. She didn't. She didn't. She knew Annette's been on drugs for all her life since the age of fourteen years old. She knew that Annette was doing, was smoking crack. That she never turned her back, her back away from Annette. And to Annette, I don't know if I told you, but you know, mom, Annette hit mama in the face and and flung mama down to the ground. Yeah, that's what happened. That's why Mama put her out of her house and told her that she wipes her hands from her. And then Annette was nothing. I don't know if Shannon's a drama queen. Well, Shannon does stuff. Shannon Just, is a drama okay. queen. Okay, so it, that's the same thing with Annette. It's, when Annette's around, it's always something going on. There's always yeah, drama. Always There's always an emergency. or always It's always a, getting somebody always in trouble. Down, yeah. Always, you know. But, but now... I don't hate Shannon. Oh, no, you don't. You won't. You... And I, I, I feel so bad for her because she, the way she does people, everybody plays a role in her life. For... Everybody serves a purpose in her life. And that's how, and the thing is, is she's never known any different. That's how she's made it this far. Shannon has never, ever, 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 ever. As long as I've known Shannon, I've known Shannon since she was 15 years old. Never been sober. Like, when she was out of shit and couldn't possibly get shit, that's when she's been sober. Yeah. 
And that's far in between. She's that. You you can't like we can fall off the bandwagon and be like, oh God, okay, I gotta get my shit back together because we know what it feels like to have our shit together and how it feels to be sober. We know what it feels like to be sober. We know what it like. We know what it's like to have our shit together, to have a car, to have a house, to have a job, to be able to go on vacations and do nice things. The only time Shannon knows anything about any of that is when it's tax time. And that goes as fast as it comes because she doesn't have to work for it. And eventually anything she buys, I don't even know if Shannon's ever even owned a car. Whoa. That's in it. And it's owned cars, but she sold cars for, for, she sold cars and sold her body and everything. And it's not that I'm, I say that to look down at it. It's just, I look at, you know, I would look at, I look now that I'm sober and I've been sober and by the grace of God, you helped me and, and I don't, I'm not, this, this is my oh, hand to God. I can't, I can't I, say I would never do it again because I can't put my, I cannot make that promise to me because I don't know what the future is, but I have well, the, you know what? And this is, this is me. And you know, I've told you, I fell off the bandwagon three times. Oh, but I do know this, that even if the time comes that I do it again, I'm strong enough to say, okay, I fell off, pick myself up, dust myself off. Let's go at it again. Yeah. You know? Well, I swear to myself I'll never do it again. I'll never touch meth again. That's my swear to myself. That's my promise to myself. That's me now being clean and sober. And I don't feel like shit no more. Um, I'm now in the way, I'm now at that level of my life or in the level of being sober and having a sober mind. Now I'm, now I'm making myself better. Now I'm going. Yeah. Now my now where I where I am after the after my addiction with meth and shooting meth up and everything. Now I see the light at the end of the tunnel because you helped me. You were there for me. You helped me get sober. You you were the one that got me sober. So now. No, I wasn't, and I won't take credit for that. You are the one that got you sober. I put you in an environment and in a situation. And I helped you yeah. get but, to that point. But you did that. Yeah. You could have easily walked out of my house just the same way you walked in. Yeah. You're true about that. I but, mean, I can't take credit for that because you could have, I mean, you could have chose to keep living that lifestyle. You could have said, Desert, you know what, this sober shit, it ain't for me. I'm going back to the house. Yeah, you could be like or Ricky. I'm going out to get high or whatever. Be like Ricky. Oh, he loves to be high. I mean. Yeah, that's what motherfucker will tell you. You'll never be sober. Yeah, I mean. But I see myself now, okay. Now I got I got this job. Um. And I and this job is going to help me get me back to where I'm at. Meth has took so much away from me. It took it took a house away from me. It took jobs away from me. It's put me in a position where I I've never ever been without a car. Ever been without a car. And since I started driving at the age of sixteen years old. And but you see, you needed it to take all those things. Yeah. Me. You know why? Yeah, the, because if it didn't take all those things, you would have never stopped. I mean, how many vacations were we going on, Woo? How many times did I 
went on vacations without you. And, I mean, when's the last time I had been on vacation? We went to Tybee Island. But, I mean, if you really look back at my sober life, I was doing fucking... I was going on fucking vacations after vacations after vacations. I was taking other people on vacation and paying for vacations. Well, and it's not just about vacations. It's about being able to say, uh, not have one downfall right after another that you know is from an addiction. Yeah. Not losing your car, losing your house, losing... You know, you can live... You know, it ain't about, you know, living out... You know, you can... Look forward to having a simple life. Yeah. But also having the the ability or the funds because you're working and because you own your, I mean, you're on your game. You want to buy shoes. You want to buy. You're on your hustle. You want to go somewhere or you don't want to go anywhere but be able to make that decision. Not because it's what you have to do, but because you've earned that right. You have that ability to make that decision. Yeah. I mean, you go from having $3,000 in the bank set aside for emergencies or set aside for, oh, I feel like going to Florida or I feel like going here, I feel like going there to you don't have fucking 50 cents in your fucking bank account. So it's like, like, it's fucking meth really that, it's fucking meth really that uh, important to me? Is it really that important to me? And the thing is, we think about all the things we lost while we was doing it, whatever our addiction was, because I lost more gambling. I lost more to ding ding than I ever lost doing math. <laughs> um, and we think about what our addiction was, and um, it's like, it, it's like, and it was an adrenaline thing for me. It yeah. was that feeling, that rush, that I could get something for nothing because my whole life I've worked my ass off for everything. Yeah. And see, I don't know that feeling because I'm not a gambler. I've never, like, actually, like, when you and I went and played that ding-ding that one time when I was at your house and I was getting sober, like, I lost my $3, and I was like, okay, well, I lost my $3, and oh, well. Well, in in, in the midst of a ding-ding addiction, I had a a meth addiction. Yeah. It's like, when you combine the two, it's like, wow. And then it's like, but then it's like, I don't even have money for gas, I don't even have money. I just there was times when, and you don't even probably know this, but there was times that I left Mohawk on a Friday with my paycheck, with my whole paycheck. Mm. By Friday night, I was coming out of the ding ding flat broke my car on me. Didn't even didn't even have. I mean, no money to eat, zero. I sold my phone to a guy, the phone I was using to a guy behind the cash register just so I, because I thought him and she was going to hit, just so I could try to keep doing thinking. I literally took my straight talk chip out, factory reset it, and sold it to the dude. Meanwhile, my truck is in the parking lot on fucking empty. I got no groceries, no money, no nothing. Well, you know you could have came to me. But it's all that time where you you have to realize, like you had me realize, that I need help or 
I know I got this person in, on my. I know I got this person that's got my back. I know I got this person that that I'm joined at the hip with. We get along. We got a bond, a friendship bond that will never ever dissipate. That will never go anywhere. But you have to come with terms of. You probably would have felt guilty to come to me and say, "Oh, this is what's going on," and so. But you had well, to come to your terms. And yeah. And that, because as an adult, you should know better and you should be able to control it. Yeah. And, and you don't have any control over it. You've lost control. Well, it's like it. me. It's like me. You know, I had to I had to come to grips that, I mean, I could have told you, oh, I'm just smoking and a booty bumping it or I'm eating it. But that wasn't going to get me sober because that feeling, that 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 yeah. slamming, pointing, shooting it up, whatever they want to call it. Um, I had that feeling. And until I came clean with myself to be able to come clean to the person that's doing anything and everything for me. And you didn't have to. And you were doing it for my best interest and because you loved me. Um, then I had to be clean. I had to come clean with myself and say, hey, look, if I'm going to get sober... I'm going to have to tell my worst dark secret that nobody knows except for the people that I was shooting up with. And then you have to realize those people are not there for you. Those people don't have those the best interest for you. Friends. No, they're not your friends. Those people, and even if they are your friend, like you said, you have no doubt that Shannon loves me. She loves me to the best of her ability in the midst of her addiction. Well, and I've always said when I, you know, I've always give people advice about being addicted to drugs. That came to me. Like being addicted, addicted, being addictive. And so, and that's always like, I, like my friend Tish. I told my friend Tish. I said, Tish, oh yeah, I could be around somebody that's, that's doing meth. Or I could be around somebody that's doing this or doing that. No, the fuck you, you cannot. Can. You well, I mean, can. as what I'm saying is, as being in a relationship with somebody that is. Oh no. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Being in a relationship with somebody that's shooting up men. You might can be around people that does it for a little while. Yeah. But you but can't if be. You've never been an addict. You're gonna fall off again. Well, you can't. You you can't take an addict and be in a relationship with an addict and think that you're going to be sober and clean because there's oh, always no. that chance that and but believe it or not, best believe it at some point you're going to fall off that wagon and when you fall and off that, that wagon and, that, and when you say a relationship that doesn't just mean a, 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 a boyfriend girlfriend husband wife whatever relationship that's a friendship as well because yeah. eventually you're going to have a bad day yeah and that's going to be right there in your face like, I had never done it until the day that my little mama passed. And that was one of the worst days of my life. Not because, just because she passed, but because of everything that went down that day. Yeah. And I had been around it thousands and thousands and thousands of times before. But I broke. Yeah. You, they did it right at the right moment that you were, you were hurt. Your heart was shattered into a million and one pieces. You lost your grandma. That's somebody that you loved unconditionally. Somebody that, you know, at the end of her life, you know, she wasn't even, they start, it, mean, basically she was being starved to death. So I it's held like. I her hand when she took her left breath. Yeah. And then on top of that, 
nobody could even get their shit together enough to plan her funeral. So I had to plan her funeral. Yeah. In the midst of planning her funeral, I had to keep my family from ripping it, physically ripping each other's friends. <laughs> I had to deal with my uncle who is dead now, but walk around and tell me how sorry he was for molesting me at her funeral in front of everybody. Yeah, I remember that. My cousin got arrested at her leaving her funeral. I remember and that. And my mama's car, and I'm standing there on the side of the road in the midst of all of this, fighting with a police officer because he picked a bad bucket time to pick my cousin up. Yeah. So, and then, and then I go, I leave there, I go to Shannon's, and they're getting high, and I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Give it to me. I'll smoke it. Give it to me. What you smoke? Give it to me. I don't care no more. And I have been around it for years. Yeah. But all it took was that one day. That you were broke. It was, you, you were broken too. I was broke. I was mentally, I was mentally, physically, emotionally, I, 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 I was nothing. Yeah. I, I was broke. And I broke. And I paid for it. You know? Yeah. But now that you're sober and clean, and don't that, that's just the most amazing feeling to know that. Hey, look, I can function today. I can get up. Now, I, I got sleeping, uh, you know, I, I got... I'm sleep deprived, and then I, you know, I jump up out of bed and hit my head on the ceiling in the loft of my tiny house because Carter decides he's gonna, I guess, hear the well, wind. Yeah, I mean, sober, an addict, or being sober, I'll take the ups and downs that comes with being sober, over yeah. the ups and downs that come with being an addict any day. You know, I don't know how. And I guess it's because I have lived a clean life most of my life. Um, I don't. I do not know. Uh, and I can honestly say this: uh, with God as my witness, I have no idea how. If I ha- ha- was in Shannon's shoes, it's got to be the drugs that keep her alive because I would have killed myself a long time ago. Yeah, I and you know what, and I, I had, I was the lowest of my load that all I. All the ups and downs that come along with being an addict, and you know, at some point trying to build yourself back up and then losing it all again, and then like, and that's you know the night I left your house, and I sent you those messages. I sat on my couch and I cried because I said, okay, so, so. On top of of everything, it's like, oh, hey, everything. Okay, he's making those decisions because he's an addict, but he's, he's, it's got to be taking an emotional toll on him. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a house with no electricity. I'm in a house with no water. And I didn't realize it until I came down there and I beat myself up because I should have known before. But the night I came down there and I sat and cried and I told Jackie, I said, I picked my friend and he's, he's in, he, in his mind and in his heart. So I'm scared of that. I'm wake up tomorrow and somebody's going to tell me that my wife's not here anymore. Well, you know what? And I told you, I, remember me telling you that at 
when I didn't open that door and, and not having nothing to eat and having to go to a fucking, to a fucking state park to take a fucking bath, to take a fucking bath, and I was eat. Woo, I ate a fucking bag of, all I had left to eat was a bag, a, a, a fucking 10 pound bag of fucking whole potatoes, and I was, I ate that for a fucking whole month, when I wasn't high, because when I'm high, I don't have an appetite, and I don't have to worry about being hungry, and I don't have to worry about everything else that's going through my mind, and then I was like, and, and, at that point, you kind of, whether you know it or not, but you kind of, like, snapped me out of that, when I, I was like, okay, because I was at the point where I was tired of it, I saw everything that I worked hard in my life for just just go up in fucking meth smoke or, or up in that fucking needle. All my shit that I worked hard for, I chose that fucking needle. I chose meth in a needle, and that shit, I just shot everything I worked for and everything I worked hard for. I shot it up in my arm, and I said, I can't do this no more. I can't do this no more. And even though mama, somewhere in mama's head, she don't, th- I mean, yeah, you have to want to be sober, but you have to have somebody to snap you out of it or to help you because some people get, so- once you get so deep in that, it's hard to come from that. It's hard to rise well, yourself up out of that. Saying the things I said to you in that message. Do you know how hard it was for me to say those things? To yeah, you? I know how hard it was. And I was going, and my intentions, my intentions was the next time I was completely out of dope. I was completely, I was going to fucking DoorDash so I could go out and DoorDash. I wasn't going out to DoorDash to put food in the house. I wasn't going out to DoorDash to pay the light bill. I wasn't going out to DoorDash to fucking put water back on in the house. I was going out to DoorDash to fucking get meth, to shoot meth up. And you see, I was doing the same thing, but with my gambling addiction, with gambling, like literally, like, I would borrow money for people to just go gamble a little bit more. Yeah. And then I would be, like, there was times that between the, you know, like, in the beginning, I never paid for math. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, never, because I, I was paying for the gambling and Shannon was getting the math. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I never, I mean, I think I probably in my, in the beginning, when me and Jackie got together, I was paying for math. And I was paying Shannon and Ricky for math. Yeah. And I was paying twice as much as I would have been paying anybody else. But just because I, ne- I never wanted anybody to know that I was addicted. So I would never go to anybody else and get it. Yeah, I and you don't want to do it by yourself. You don't want to be high by yourself. I would go to anybody else and get it because I didn't want anybody else to know that I was doing it. And I wouldn't. You know, I had no idea that they was charging me twice and three times as much as anybody else would have. Yeah. Um, and I remember there was times like I had no gas money. I had no, no food. I mean, there was like weeks that I was working at Mohawk. That's why I was losing all that weight. Yeah. Because I was, I mean, literally, I didn't eat. Yeah. I think one week I had a block of cheese, a loaf of bread, and some little Kool-Aid packets to go in some water. And that's what lasted me all week. 
if not two weeks. Well, you need to know how bad, I, I, how, how much money I done gambled away. Well, you uh, need to know right now, and I think you, you know it, but you just need to know if you ever get in that predicament, and I pray to God that you don't never get in that predicament, but I, I'm, that's what you got your woo here for. So, you need I mean, some money. There was times that um, I was high, like when I had to call your mom and come get me on Facebook. You know why? Because you did, yeah. Because I was high, didn't have any money. I didn't. Oh, um, I didn't even have money to eat. I didn't have money to nothing. Nothing. I mean, they she she had used up, and, and I I let her use up between her needs and my gambling habits and it was so bad I'd be so hot standing at the DD like get the fuck up DD all night long just handed her money there's no telling how much money I handed her yeah just so she would shut up and and wouldn't interrupt me and see if she was a real real friend she wouldn't have done that and um and then when I would say okay I'm not gonna DD no more um I'd say I'm not on Danny no more. She somehow, if I was around her, she knew that that was my addiction. She knew that I was more addicted to Danny than I was the dope. And she so used she that for your like, as her she'd advantage. Like, she'd be like, "I got five dollars. Let's go dig Danny." She used that as she she used that she she used that as her her uh, knowing that she she took that as, as her advantage. Because she knew that that was your weakness and that if she could get you over there ding-dinging. And then it was never just her. Yeah, and then so and then you're on, and then you're geeked up on meth. Then she knows, okay, well then, you know, she's going to win some money. And she's geeked and she's going, and I'm, and I, I, I got to get my high. I got to get my high. So, and in her it's mind. Like I never really won. It's like I never won no matter what because if I stayed around long enough. You I'll lost give it. it. Right back to her. Like if I won forty dollars and I'm handing her twenty dollar bills. Yeah. By the time and then when she would win, she would get quiet, and I knew she win, but she would never tell me. So it's like, oh, um, she was pocketing the money that she was winning. That's how she was buying dope. Yeah. And have me buy everything else, but I, you know, I, that's how she's met. You know, she don't know any different. Come way. here, Carter. Come here. You know, that's how she's always, you know. It ain't just me. It's anybody that's just that naive and that stupid. Um, but there was time, like literally there was times I would park at the, at the gas pump. I would go in to get, get to pay for the gas, not pay for the gas, start dating it. By the time I walked, I didn't even have the money to put gas in my car. My, my shit would be on E. Yeah. Well, that's I with sit in the parking lot and cry for hours and think, "Oh my God, how am I gonna? What am I gonna do?" Till I figure out to move some money, like you know, like the RSHA card or whatever. Yeah. And different little stupid cards that I had, I figure out a way to move enough money around to be able to get some gas. Yeah. Well, see, and that night that you I had that shit down to a size. Well, that night that you that you came out here, and I, I and I was at the lowest of the lowest that you could ever get low. Now I have, I have no. It, it was a bad. It was a bad night. It was a slow night. It was a bad night. Uh, going out and getting. Um, I was. I took all the money I had made off of DoorDash to 
to buy the meth to be able to shoot it up. And then I did it all. And then, well, that was the night that, the night before that, that's the night that I, somewhere in my fucked up, messed, fucked up addiction head, that I heard voices telling me that the fucking sheriff of fucking Atlanta told me to get in my car and see how fast I could take that that um, Hyundai Genesis and drive. It takes an hour and a half to get to Atlanta from where I live at, and I made it in fucking 45 minutes. So not only was I putting my life at jeopardy and being high behind the fucking wheel, I mean, high as fuck, and then fucking putting other people's, putting everybody else's life, and I could have killed myself, I could have killed somebody else, and then when I got here, I can't get high no more, and then I was, I looked all around me, I had no lights, I had no fucking water, I have no food, and now I have no gas, I have no meth, I came and get, I came and put gas in the car because it's on empty, and now I came and put gas in the car, I don't have no money to put gas in the car to even fucking go out and door dash to make and to make my next you had pulled all your strings and you had um you had pulled your and at that point at that point that's when I told you uh, you know when we had that discussion when I finally came clean clean to you at that point I told myself I said I can't get high, I have no lights, I have no food, I have no way of washing my ass. Now I can't wash my ass because I don't have no gas to even go down to Little River Canyon Falls to even wash my ass. And then now I have no, I don't have enough gas in my fucking car to start the fucking car to go DoorDash to get my next high. And I said, I said there will be some way that I could get some money. And I started making phone calls. And I had somebody that said that they were going to come pick me up. And I said at that point, I said, and, and that was my intentions to go and get the meth because the person that I had called, he would let me get high with him. And then he would give me, he would give me meth to bring home with me. Yeah. And so, but I said I, that at that point, I know that he's going to give me enough meth to keep me high for the whole week. I'm going to take all that meth and put it in that, in that syringe. And I'm gonna shoot it up, and I'm gonna end my life, and I, I, and that's, that's, the way of me, not having to deal with this no more, because. Thank God you did. Yeah, I know. And well, it, you know, and God sent you there. God had, you know what? And I, I did the most fucked up thing to you by taking your keys. You know, I, and I was so fucking God, high. That happened, so I would come there. Maybe I wouldn't have came there. Maybe. Well, I would have. I think. Because you just didn't come back, but well, God I made mean, God made God made that, and those wasn't my keys. Yeah, God made that happen because God knew. God has a plan for all of us. God knows the minute that we're gonna, the minute that we are received in the womb, the minute that we grow in the womb, the minute that we're born, He knows our whole entire life. So. That's that's an intervention from God. That's from a higher a higher power. That no, it ain't your time to go. You have so much more to live. You have so much more to do with your life. Well, I hate to hear that. If you had my keys, that I would come there. Yeah. I hate to hear that. If I 
well, I would have came if you didn't, even if you didn't have my keys, but if you didn't answer me and you didn't talk to me, and I would have came there, but maybe I would have came too late. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I would have came the next day, and if I, and he knew if I came there, I seen everything that I seen, and I couldn't get you to the door, he knew that I wasn't just going to give up. Yeah. I wasn't just going to, and you know, that night, probably if I'd have had a jacket, I'd have probably slept outside in my truck. Yeah. Uh, because I, when I came, I had no intentions of leaving until I see. Well, and, and I, I had a dream, like I dozed off, I dozed off to sleep, and because I mean I've been fucking. I mean, that's when I fucking. I mean, I was I couldn't get high no more, and then now I'm waiting for this person to come pick me up, and then he couldn't come pick me up, but then he told me he was on his way to pick me up, and then I fell asleep and I had a dream of my granny. My granny came to me, and I believe it was her spirit. Like I said, you know, we've had discussions where, you know, it's. I had a, I have dreams of my of my brother and stuff and it's it's real and I remember those dreams like me fishing with Kevin um out at that at that uh you know it you know it was the most beautiful place and the most beautiful sight and I'm I'm right beside my brother that you know I can't see him anymore and, but he's right there and he's right there in my spirit like he he came to me and I had a I had a dream and um well I fell off to sleep and I had a you know my granny came to me and she and and we had a talk, and what I remember out of the talk was, she said, "It's not your time to go." She said, "God don't want to take you. It's not your time to go." And she goes, "I'm on." She goes, "I'm around you," and then that's when I woke up. And I woke up, and I was like, "Then I then I did a like, I called him, and I said, look, where are you at?'" And he's like, "Well, I'm like." 15 minutes down the road, I said, I can't come with you. I can't go with you. And he said, what? Are you serious? I was like, I can't. I can't go. I can't go. I said, because, and then I told him my reasons of calling him, and I told him my reasons of what I was going to do. And he said, he said, I'm turning my car around right now. He goes, you know what? He goes, I'm part of your problem. I'm part of your addiction. He goes, and even though I'm high, and even though I'm not going to sober up, he said, but I'm part of your addiction. And me coming to your house right now, 15 minutes away, and you getting in my car, and I'm taking you to go get high, and now you're telling me that I'm going to give you meth, and you know I'm going to give you a certain amount of meth that's going to keep you high for the rest of the week, but you're going to use that to kill yourself? He's like, that's not going to be on my conscience. And he didn't come. Well, that's how I spun out. And, you know... Uh, when I came to you that night, and um, I'd already said before I left work, I said, if I had to sit in this driveway, I'm going to sit in this driveway. If I have to bust the window in, I'm getting in there. Yeah. That's why I kept banging on the door to see if you'd answer me. Yeah. If you, you know, I had already called the sheriff's department from work. Yeah. I had already, uh, I had already, um, like, I'm not. I, if there's anything about me in my life, I may be a bitch or what I am, but I'm relentless. And if I love you, I love you. Yeah. And I mean, I and I and I kept thinking to myself, well, something. Hey, this ain't woo. Yeah. This ain't woo. 
and you know, even when I left your house that night, I talked to you standing outside that window. I said, well, you got to be real with your fucking self. Yeah. Because you can't be real with me if you're not real with your fucking self. I mean, my heart was breaking standing outside the window because I wanted to see you, but I didn't want to see you. Yeah. Oh, and I went home and I cried and I cried and I cried and I told Jackie, I said, you know, nobody really has to fucking understand my relationship with Woo, but he never had a problem with us. And I, I said, you know, but my Woo, my Woo is in trouble. Yeah. My Woo, there's no way my Woo can, you know, even if, even if you're addicted, losing everything and trying to build yourself back up and this and this and just happening over and over and over and living with no power and living the way you was living and finding addiction. I said, there's no way he could be in a good place in his mind. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, and you know, I don't know if you know this, but I talked to your mom about that. Baba hasn't said that to me. Baba don't want to talk about it. Baba is, Baba loves me, Mama. Because you know what? I was scared to death you was going to kill yourself. I was scared to death. And I was. I, said, I, I, I think I stayed on the phone with her about, because I, I hit her up on Facebook, because I didn't have a phone number. And I think I, I said, look, I, I just need to talk to you. I'm worried to death about where well, I'm worried he's going to try to kill himself or something. And I mean, and even then, even then, I didn't know the extent of your drug addiction. Yeah. But I knew that you was in a bad spot, and I couldn't do nothing. I had to wait till you opened up to me. Yeah. And I cried on the phone with your mama. I cried on the phone with your mama because I said, you know, I don't know what to do, Betty. I, I went down there, and he went not answer the door. I said, and I don't know if he's up. I said, uh, um, he's okay right now because I talked to him. I said, but I don't know if he's, I don't know what's going on in his mind. I don't know if he's suicidal. I said, I don't know what, what I can do. And, uh, well, you and God and, and, and I'll say it today that my granny snapped me out of that. And the help of my friend, that was 15 minutes down the road, and he said, I'm not going to have that on my conscience, and I'm not going to be the blame that you finally got enough myth to be able to shoot yourself up and kill yourself. If all that didn't happen and all that didn't transpire and you didn't come to my door and, and, and did that, and I didn't have that dream with Granny, and, and God was on my side. He was on my, he, God didn't want to take me at that point. That when you're time to go, and that's yep, like, I would have been dead when I was really bad. I don't even think we were talking to each other, and that's why we wasn't talking. Oh, I knew, I knew something that. was going on with you. I knew something was going on with you, but and I reached out to you several times, but I couldn't get a hold of you. And I had told Mama, I said, Mama, I'm worried about Woo. I was embarrassed, and I and Mama's like, I was in the calm of my addictions. And see, I didn't even know, I didn't even know I mean, that you were doing drugs. I tried to drugs. kill myself. I tried to kill myself. Um, I, I felt myself spiraling out of control when COVID first hit really bad and they started shutting shit down. I felt myself spiraling out of control. I was trying to take care of mama. And, um, and I felt myself spiraling out of control. So I tried to kill myself. I took all these pills and I took all these pills. And then... 
I was really very depressed because that's what one thing about meth that's what it does to me. Yeah. And um, I mean, I was so depressed, and I, of course I lived. I woke up, and um, and then I went and I tried to go. At that point, I'm like, I'm coming down, and that's why I'm so depressed. I'm, I'm, I'm withdrawing. That's because I figured out that when I withdraw, then I. I get suicidal. Yeah. I mean, literally, like, want to pull my car over and jump off a bridge. And so that one time I tried to kill myself, I went down, and this is, this is was a turning point in my changed relationship. Um, I came along because I wasn't really suicidal and I was scared. And, and, um, I just needed to be around somebody. Yeah. I was too embarrassed to be around you because I was in, in the midst of all my addiction. And um, that night I came along and needed to be around somebody. Her and her boyfriend was fine. And so I, she said, wait 30 minutes and come over here. So I waited 30 minutes and I went over there and I couldn't get him to the door and I couldn't get him on the phone. So the guy, Shannon's baby's daddy, that killed overdose this year, this past year. Lily's daddy um, was down the road at one of the drug dealers' house. So I see, when I was coming back by, I seen him. So I pulled over there, and you know, he was uh, he was shooting up, and he was probably shooting up heroin and everything. Um, but every time I cried, he made me laugh. Yeah. Every single time I would start crying, he would make me laugh. So I, I hung out in their garage. Then we went to Case Springs, and you know, you know, I I had lost everything at Mohawk. Well, yeah. I, I I lost so much at Mohawk when all that shit went down with Shannon, and uh oh, then so we go to Case Springs with a girl that lives where he was. Well, the girl that owned the house where he was staying, and uh, and I'll be fine. We was in the car. Yeah. He had to reach us in the truck, and all of a sudden there's blue lights, and I am getting fucking. And I'm sure I've told you parts of this story, but I haven't told you all of the story. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was so geeked up. I mean, my eyeballs had to be twitching. Like. No shit. And I've been up for days. And I just tried to kill myself a couple of days before that. And, um, when the blue light shot up, he's like, oh my God, I got syringes for dope in my, in my bag. Hang on my bag. And he, he handed them to me. Yeah. And the only thing I could think to do was to crumble them down between the seats. But when the blue lights came on, of course, my life flashes before my eyes. I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm going to lose every fucking thing, and I'm going to jail. Yeah. No doubt. He was driving. So anyway, so they took him to jail, but they never searched the truck. And I had all this. I had bags, and but from where I had been, I'd come and party for a little while, and then go home for a little while, and come and party for a I had, like duffel bags and book bags and hat shoes and all this stuff in my truck. So the police officer never really searched the truck. Yeah. And dude had told him that I was, my sugar was low and that's why I was looking crazy. Yeah. So, but here I am spun done and in case friends, they take him to jail. 
and then I'm like, oh my god, I got syringes full of mandatory, pushed down between my truck seats. Yeah. And if they, after they put him in handcuffs, I put him in the car. If they search his car, I, I mean, I see my whole life flash before my eyes. At that him. point, you would have been fucked. Yeah, bad, bad, bad. Um, I didn't have nowhere to go with. I couldn't get shut on the phone. I couldn't get shut to the door. I couldn't get up in the driveway of the place she was living because the, they had the chain on it. Yeah. I couldn't go home with my mama. It's fun done. Yeah. I mean, looking back, I should have just went home, but I couldn't even drive. Or you should have called me, woo. I couldn't even get out of Cave Springs. I didn't even know my way out of Cave Springs. I, were, I couldn't drive. He was driving because I was too tore up. Yeah. So here I am, probably sitting right behind me, waiting for me to pull out. I'm like, they're going to let me pull out, and they're going to pull me over again. Yeah. And I'm high. I, I mean, I am spun out bad. That was... I mean, I think it was a lot emotional, too. That's what got me to the point where I was at. Um, well, and, you know, well, you were had, you're had sure. And the emotions, the suicidalness, the depression, all the pills I had took a couple of days before that. Mm. You're going to make me so, cry, Woo. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, what do I do? I got a cop sitting behind me, and they're waiting for me to pull out. And I'm so spun out, my eyeballs are probably, I mean, I have no doubt. My body was shaking, so I know that my eyeballs were, you know, vibrating. Uh-huh. And um, it gets springs, and it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I don't even have nowhere to go. I don't even know how, how I'm going to get to where I'm going because I'm too fucked up to drive. Mm. And there's a cop sitting behind me still with his bloodlines on. And, you know... And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to call Shannon or anybody to come get me because I can't drive. So, like, I managed to get down the street. I didn't I didn't even have phone service. I don't know why. I think my phone was cut off because um, I had done gambled all my money away. Uh, but I couldn't get in Wi-Fi. So when I did hit Wi-Fi, I came the back way down 27 from Katie Springs. When I did hit Wi-Fi, I was still trying to call somebody. I pulled over on the side of the road. But then I thought, okay, here I am, 3 o'clock in the morning, when they've done COVID shutdown and we're on a, um, what's it called? Lockdown. We're on a lockdown, and we can't be out. A curfew. Can't be out. I'm sitting on the side of the road. Syringe is full of, I don't even know if it was heroin or meth, and took between my seats. High as hell. Can't even get a signal out. Can't get nobody on the phone to come get me off the side of the road. I don't even know where I'm at. I can't use my GPS because I ain't got any phones in. I don't even have any money. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I, and I'm like, they're just waiting for me to get down the road a little bit more, and they're going to pull me over. And I found my way back up 27 to come back in the room. You know where I went to? Like, I didn't have nowhere to go. Like, I didn't. I went to the drug dealer's house. I had parked my truck in the driveway. And I caught in the back seat and went to sleep. Because I didn't know what else to do. You had no more more options. I didn't have no money. I didn't have enough gas to get anywhere. 
because that's what we were supposed to be doing to get the case free was money. But do but Shannon's but Lily's daddy was supposed to get some money. Well, he went. He goes to jail. Yeah. So, and I couldn't even get the dope out of my car. You know why? Uh uh-uh. uh Because um, it's been rumored that dude had AIDS. Uh. And when I crammed it down in my in my truck seat. The needles uh, popped yeah, off. The lid popped off. Oh, so yeah, now so you came in. It was dark, and I was scared to put my hands down between my 